From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. The Tyler Nixon Show on today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome to the Tyler Nixon Show for May 1st, 2024, Friday, TGIF, here on today's News Talk. Uh, well, I tell you what, it's been a crazy week, and just about every week's been crazy these days. Uh, we are rounding out the uh, a week of great guests with a good friend uh, and a warrior for justice and freedom, uh, former New York City police officer Sal Greco, who is a close friend of Roger Stone, who I uh, worked for, for, and that's how I actually met Sal and first interacted with him uh, as uh, Roger's personal counsel and through the... Uh, through the witch trials that uh witch trial that roger was put through the uh soviet style kangaroo court uh trial in washington dc before a jury of of completely uh leftist democrats who absolutely uh it, it's really sad what's become of our justice system not even just from the perspective uh or from the uh viewpoint of the judges who have been i think there's been a corruption there certainly on the prosecutor side but the fact that we have juries now around this country that are willing to uh, convict people on the basis of their political ideology. Uh, we saw, we've seen uh, dead to rights guilty, in my opinion, Democrat operatives completely given a slap on the wrist and uh, if not if not a completely exonerated by DC juries. And we've seen people as with the J6 defendants, uh, which is an ongoing, almost a crime against humanity, a war crime, how these people have been treated in the gulag that is the dc uh dc uh, city jail which is is a very sad reflection on our country i think this is our nation's capital and the uh the conditions in that jail are are akin to a, i mean I, there's another word besides gulag frankly um it, it, it's the conditions are deplorable the tr prisoners are treated like garbage and especially the j6 prisoners who uh the, you know all the people who work in that jail are obviously part of the DC government. And uh, if you think if you think the Democrat Party is bad, if you've ever lived in Washington DC, you would know that from the DC government, it is at absolutely it, it is what this country would look like if the Democrats had complete and total free reign uh, and uh, total autonomy. I mean, it's just a dictatorship taxed into oblivion. Every sort of ridiculous, stupid social and cultural uh, leftist. Um, you know, uh, subversion campaign or or program that they want to put forward. It's all right there in the D.C. government. They're taxing uh, their fines. Their parking enforcement is all extremely, extremely aggressive, progressive, aggressive um, way to. I mean, it's just it, it is living in a, a little mini police state. And the fact that the jail is one of the worst in the country is a, is a stain on our country, I think, because, you know, it really should be. Uh, my i've always said and, and i'm going to ask sal about this too because he's a police officer and he's in you know new york city police officer i'm sure he's seen a lot of rough characters and a lot of rough people and a lot of rough conditions and environments he did a lot of undercover work and i'm sure he was probably in the bowels of some pretty uh twisted and uh degenerate situations but for me i think that uh, uh it, it's very true that how a country or how our jurisdiction how any uh um, sovereign treats its prisoners is a reflection of the character of that society which sadly to say 
does not say much about the United States. I mean, we have the highest incarceration rates, one of the highest incarceration uh, rates in the world. And that is no uh, no small part to Joe Biden and his drug war and the draconian sentences that were imposed in that drug war. And uh, to me, taking away your liberty and you know denying you that that basic uh, the the most essential human right that I can think of is your you know your personal liberty, your personal uh, autonomy, your ability to direct yourself and be you know the boss of you essentially. Uh, to take that away is enough punishment in and of itself. But then to when you're in this uh, this uh, uh, bondage, essentially, when you're in custody, to put people into conditions which are uh, torturous, that, that are uh, mentally uh, exhausting, such as um, probably, I hate to say, Julian Assange would, would and will face if he's not, uh, if he doesn't somehow... Uh, escape the extradition to the United States uh, that that's sort of hanging over his head right now. And but these conditions of solitary confinement on top of, in the case of the D.C. jail, dank conditions, uh, to, you know, and infestations of pests from rats to problem. I'm sure in the summer you get all kinds of uh, you know, uh, water bugs, cockroaches, whatever have you. Probably I've I would think the food service, you know, whatever the nourishment they're given is probably on par with the. Uh, uh, you know, I'm on par with probably third world countries, uh, uh, prisons. And, you know, all this is, is heaped on top of the fact that your liberty has been taken away, that you're separated from your friends, your family, uh, from normal life. You, uh, you know, you have very little access to any sort of materials to, uh, educate yourself, to read, to distract yourself, to have any kind of real life. And, uh, you know, I think European prisons have definitely, if you look at, I mean, any, like Dutch prisons, for example, uh, some people might say it's a little too lax, a little too soft. That they have access to internet, they have TV, they have uh, you know basic basic amenities of living, but of course they can't go anywhere. They're prisoners, and you know those. I think those who set up these prisons and think that they should be absolutely um, uh, mentally uh, again just completely crushing environments and that they should also have to suffer just environmental hazards and things like i said pestilence and you know poor food and uh being uh, you know constantly frozen out no matter what time of year it is you know in the dead of summer they'll run the air conditioning uh to the you know to freeze you out in these cells and providing you no bedding no sort of um just basic i mean i i mean i spent 60 days in a delaware uh, in delaware uh uh, lockup essentially, um, and because of the way it works, uh, they don't really. It's such such a small state; they don't separate out the um, the, the maximum security from the rest of the uh, um, the rest of the population. There's no separation there. So when you're in a you're in for 60 days, you're in the same conditions as someone who's in for 60 years. And I can tell you that I'm sure it's uh, uh, the case with other prisons. They don't give you you have a bedroll that's like maybe as as thin as a uh not even not even as thick as an old phone book and it's they don't give you any kind of sh beds sheets or anything i mean it's nothing you have to use your clothes or if you have an extra you know an extra um you usually get two sets of um of uh issue whatever they're called uniforms and you have to use that as a pillow there's no pillows there's nothing and you know these conditions are are i mean it's just unfortunately i think we're so far down the road of uh having even private prisons, private companies running prisons who are looking to cut costs and that it's not even a matter of inflicting cruelty on purpose. 
it's just a matter of being there being absolutely cheap and uh not having the the uh not wanting to spend an, a penny more than they have to for any sort of um amenities that would make this a uh less than uh, grueling and cruel situation and you know I, sal greco probably could speak to i'm, I'm going to ask him also about like rikers island these prisons i mean they're just uh they're on top of the the environmental conditions you're obviously in a situation where you could be killed raped or or in any other way menaced at any given time i mean you know very much in many of these uh, uh large institutions where there's like a high uh high violence and high crime uh you know high rate of people coming through the inmates run the asylum essentially and um that's that's just unacceptable i mean we we really i think owe it to um owe it to the citizenry owe it to our our constitution and to the fact that we want to be a first world country that uh, sets the standards in terms of how we treat people in our criminal justice system cleaning up the prisons and our and, our, and certainly not locking people up for things like uh the j6 uh uh political uh prisoners are being treated to uh and you know sal greco was he was there that day with uh with roger I was actually across the river in Arlington, Virginia, and um, to be honest, it was it was it, and this is the case I think with many people who were somehow escaped uh, the the uh, reach of or or were not sucked into let's just say a situation where just simply being present somewhere, not in any way being violent or uh, uh, disturbing the situation, ended up still you still get prosecuted for it. Um, the fact is that it was a cold, miserable day. Uh, uh the weather was just one of those damp low-hanging gray clouds you could just you know you can feel it in the air uh where it's close to freezing but it, there's a, a moisture in the air that kind of gets under your skin and i just uh, you know i spent years in the infantry in germany i mean freezing my cojones off and and just being utterly miserable uh out in the bush uh as light infantry so we didn't have vehicles we were just whatever we had on our backs was what we had so if it was snowing it was 20 degrees if your canteens froze you just had to you just had to deal with it and on top of the sleep deprivation of course and I learned uh that the cold is something that uh you don't you don't get used to the cold you don't uh you don't acclimate to the cold I mean you maybe on some level you do where it doesn't you don't quite notice it when it's colder but when you're out in 30 degrees and um you know, for say 24, 36, 48 hours or longer as we were, sometimes five days on a, on a stretch, it really begins to mess with your mind and break you down. Um, because, and you and you look forward to frankly, physical exertion. We look, you know, I would look forward to a 20 mile forced march just to not be cold. And problem was you would work up a sweat marching 20 miles and you'd stop. Now you're cold and wet. So you, you had the worst of both worlds. It was an awful situation. But, um, you know, Sal Greco was there uh, on the ground with Roger, and I think they they got word. Essentially, I, I think there was a lot of pre-planned stage stuff that was ready to go, like they were going to storm uh, Roger, storm the Willard Hotel and try to grab Roger Stone and, and whoever they could. I mean, uh, you know, who they thought was the leaders of the insurrection, which is just a complete joke. Um, you know, Roger was there simply to be part of the part of what uh, was to be a protest and to stop the steal he originated that phrase uh back i mean it, well it actually goes back to the eisenhower uh, campaign and uh to the eisenhower era i should say but um sal greco was there with him as a uh, uh 
just as a friend, as someone who's uh, was there with Roger to uh, accompany him, you know, to be, uh, you know, a, a, someone there basically in the retinue, I guess you could call it. He wasn't there necessarily uh, in any way. I'm sure if something happened that Sal would would move to protect anybody who would be under uh, sort of any physical threat in a situation, but he wasn't, as has been portrayed, somehow a bodyguard for Roger Stone or working for Roger Stone. He was there simply in his own right as a citizen who wanted to be part of that and uh, someone that Roger looks to because I think Sal is a guy who's a grassroots individual. He's been out in the in the mix, frankly, in New York City in some of the worst situations as an undercover police officer and to put his life on the line. And the upshot of is is that uh, the retribution and the politicization is so thorough that even the New York City Police Department, which you would think has patriots, you would think after like a, not an event like 9-11, um, the people who are interested in uh, an America that's free, that's not under the grip of communist lunatics, would be well-received and at least certainly not uh, subjugated or persecuted by the NYPD. But um, you know, certainly under this mayor and uh, the, the last several mayors, I mean, certainly be, uh, anything past Giuliani, the New York City Police Department has become sort of a woke, uh, Democrat-oriented uh, and uh, politicized institution, which is a very disturbing thought. But Sal was basically just uh, drummed out of his job in, in a sort of kangaroo proceeding, much like what Roger was put through in D.C. Um, and summarily just for the fact that he knew roger stone and was was associated with roger stone because roger had been convicted of uh felonies at that point forgetting the fact that uh you know the, the there are prominent members of the new york city police department who've been uh you know and including the the now mayor and former i don't know what uh what position he held uh in the police department but he was seen with people who were uh i think cardi b was one example was someone who's a, a, a you know admitted to all sorts of crimes and and crimes with victims not simply political crimes against uh you know say false statements to congress as as though uh you know we're supposed to be uh as if you could prosecute anyone with a straight face for lying to congress i mean this is the biggest pack of liars that's ever walked the earth uh short of the clinton crime syndicate and the uh, democrat party obviously but um and and you know sal su suffered a similar fate and I want to walk through, first of all, what he went through. And then beyond that, what's next? Because I think he uh, his rights have been violated to the point where he's got a really good case and and may well see quite a recovery from the, the uh, New York City Police Department, which wouldn't be unusual. They seem to get sued quite a bit and they seem to lose quite a bit. And, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem to sink in. They don't seem to clean up their act. But um, I'm, I'm really interested to hear what Sal has to say. And I'm sure you will be uh, too. And you will find it a very interesting conversation. So uh, we're going to take a short little uh, commercial break here on the Tyler Nixon show here on uh, today's news talk. Stay with us. TNT's Kate Shimarani. No, some Mandela was once a terrorist. He was a terrorist. And, and then all of a sudden he was a hero because you were told to think so. And we saw that with Tedros. Tedros from the World Health Organization <laughs> tells you nothing about health. Um, he was once wanted in his own country for crimes against his own people on a most wanted terrorist list. But now we have to listen to Tedros talking, well, I don't listen, but talking rubbish. So what you have to kind of think to yourself right now is everything that you're told is an inversion. Kate Shamarani on today's News Talk TNT. 
this is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder, and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonist. He has to answer for what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to kidnap Julian here in the center of London or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words, and then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think Assange is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker, I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Back on the Tyler Nixon Show here on today's News Talk, lighting the fuse for freedom. It's Friday, March 1st, 2024. I'm very excited to have someone who's become a friend and uh, is also our, our mutual friend. Uh, really, I think when you're a friend of Roger Stone and you're you're close with Roger Stone, that that kind of puts you into the, the family. You're a family of people. Um, and, and Roger is a hoot to be, it's, as Sal can attest, is a hoot to be around, um, even though he is very much a uh, 
a brawler and a hard-nosed bare-knuckle political uh, uh, player. He's he is he's got a really soft heart and and uh, is just a very extremely extremely generous person. Um, treats people around him with uh, kindness and you know and dignity and nothing nothing like the dark master of whatever the the dirty trickster all these uh, all these pejoratives that these leftist trash would uh, assign him to but sal greco joining us from fort lauderdale florida sal welcome to the show well thanks tyler it's an honor to be here and uh i don't know if you know, the audience doesn't know this but me and tyler go back a long way uh we were with roger during that dark period especially during the trial and i could tell you me and tyler were reading the notes from the lawyers and uh, me and him were just losing our minds during that trial and i get to we were going me and tyler back and forth with notes and stuff and that was the most ridiculous trial i've ever been a part of or been involved with or was around and tyler could attest to this because i was literally telling tyler every day we have a problem i don't like this what, what this lawyer is doing i don't like what uh, the the prosecutor i mean they, they were like breaking laws I saw people basically perjure themselves on the stand, uh, one being of uh, Steve Bannon, and uh, and uh, and nothing ever happened out of it. And uh, me and Tyler were just stunned. Uh, uh, but that that's Washington D.C. And I learned pretty quick right there uh, what 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 we're all dealing with. And you kind of see that today with President Trump. So that that that's a brief history of uh, how me and Tyler met and how long we've been friends. Yes, and not to mention some excellent Italian dinners that we had. Uh, oh yes, you know the, those home style meals at that, that the there was a place across from where the uh, the whole team was set up and uh, man, that was whew, I, I I still I'm almost salivating thinking about it. But anyway, I don't want to get get sidetracked. But no, you're absolutely right. And and you know, Sal, you're you're someone who's been through. I mean, as an, as a police officer, you've had to testify. You you've obviously uh, arrested people and seen them through to conviction. So you you know the criminal justice system. And look. Let's face it, New York isn't exactly known to be, uh, you know, a bunch of angels in terms of the system. I mean, you know, there's, there's definitely some, uh, they're, they're hardcore, let's just say. I'm not going to say it's outright corrupt, but I mean, Alvin Bragg, I mean, putting someone like that in charge is like the nut in charge of the uh, hen house kind of thing. And so, you know, I, what do you think of the, uh, I, 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 in my monologue, I discussed the J6 defendants and what a just tr a travesty of justice what an abuse of justice it has been the way these people not only first of all just the fact of their being arrested on and the way they've been uh hunted down but also the the gulag that is the dc prison i mean you know you spent that enough time in dc i was talking about i lived in dc for a number of years i went to school there and i talked about the the tyranny of the dc government i mean just even down to parking enforcement was like forget it the dmv was like out of mogadishu and I, I don't know if they've cleaned it up at all, but it's just, it was so awful. You could not park. If you were to park in any given, maybe say three or four times uh, over any period, it could be in a week or a year in DC, chances are good. You're going to get at least one, if not two parking tickets, even if you're not parked illegally, like they'll just write up tickets uh, before your meter even expires. Uh, just because that, well, we thought you were going to be, I mean, it's just crazy and good luck fighting it because there's no re recourse. And of course they immediately begin escalating the fines involved so that if you don't pay it immediately, it doubles and then and on and on. But I wanted you to comment on the J6, uh, you know, the situation generally with those defendants and the, the, the jail conditions there, what you think of that as compared to how they're treated in New York. And uh, we can take it from there. 
Well, it's funny you just mentioned that because Rikers Island, they just actually had a report out that the, the actual conditions of that jail has come under scrutiny and is a federal monitor on that in New York City. So, uh, you know, they're releasing some, I saw some pictures that were brutal uh, in regards to Rikers Island. And Rikers, Rikers Island was known for this for many years. So uh, the federal monitor came in and it, they're looking to take that over federally. It's probably going to happen. I just don't know how long. It's, it's like a 20-year monitor that's been there. So with that being said, what I've saw, I've seen some of these videos of, of, of the of this kulag. It's in D.C. Now, look, retrospect how people might feel about what happened that day. Everybody still has the same rights as the next person, whether you've been arrested, whatever you've been arrested for, whether it's, uh, you know, murder, robbery, burglary. So whatever you feel about these people that are, are, are now lingering in a jail cell for many years, I think it's a very arbitrary move that certain prisoners are being held there. Certain prisoners were given the right to stay home. It's all an arbitrary thing. I don't understand how this works exactly because it's it's supposed to be one rule for everybody, but it's not. And we, we could tell how some of these judges almost put their personal feelings you know, involved in this. We know one judge in particular out there in DC that <laughs> loves to inject their own feelings into things. And they were doing that with some of these prisoners. And you know, the prison conditions, although we're not looking to make it a hotel, you at least have to accommodate it where it's like a basic, basic needs, basic sanitary. And it's not. And, and yeah. I would think I think maybe that there should be a move by the uh, defendants, lawyers or maybe a coalition where they put in a complaint with the city and the, that ju that j the jail there in particular might end up like a Rikers Island within the feds will have to monitor how the jail's conditions are. Because if we have, you know, unsanitary people getting sick, you have, uh, you know, there's rodents running around. Yeah, you you yeah. people asleep on the floor. Listen, this oh. isn't the Soviet Union. So if that's the way you're going to run things, then maybe the feds need to come in and run it for you. Kind of like what they're going to do in New York City with Rikers Island. Hold that thought, Sal, because I want to, it's exactly the, the topic I kind of want to cover. We're going to take a, a quick news bulletin here on the Tyler Nixon show on today's news talk. TNT Radio News. Get the news. The news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. In a significant political event, Texas became the stage for a confrontation between President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump both addressing the escalating crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border from different locations within the state. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has cautioned eastern NATO countries about the need to be prepared to confront Russia, emphasizing that if Ukraine is defeated, NATO could potentially engage in conflict with Russia. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right back into it with Sal Greco former New York City police officer, victim of a, uh, frankly, a, a partisan politicized system that took his speech, his free association rights and, and used it as a weapon against him to uh, destroy his career. And uh, we'll get into that in, in, in a couple minutes here, Sal. But, uh, you know, one of the things, and maybe I, you can tell me whether you agree with me or not, that I mentioned in the monologue was that I said how a, a society, a culture, a sovereign, whatever have you, treats its prisoners reflects the character of that society. And I felt that 
if that's the case, then we have real problems here in the United States because you mentioned federal involvement. Some of the federal prisons are absolutely deplorable as well. I mean, who's going to monitor the feds? You know, I mean, they need to be in some cases uh, held to account. But and the fact is, the D.C. government, although they have, um, uh, uh, gosh, what do they call it? The name is the term escaped me. Uh, 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 home rule, home rule. And they gave they gave that to, uh, to D.C. in the 1970s so that they could you know elect their own city council. And merit used to be basically just under the control of a House committee um, with the delegate that they appoint. And uh, now they've it's, you know, since Mayor Marion Barry, it was uh, I mean, it's just it's really kind of gotten pretty, pretty bad. Um, and I'm just I mean, the, the thuggishness of the, I mean, have you ever seen such unprofessional for, I mean, from what you've I'm sure glimpsed of the people who run the D.C. jail? I mean, have you ever seen such low professionalism or just uh, outright partisan rancor in any situation that you've ever seen in law enforcement? Yeah, I think uh, when it, I actually saw, I believe, when uh, two, it was it like two congressmen, right, three, uh, I think it was Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Louis. Right. Uh, so when Louis Gomer, they came and um, they were very unprofessional. And listen, they are funded through Congress. Uh, if Congress decided to show up to Rikers Island uh, and they plan it out, you you have to let them walk around. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you you're obligated. You know, they represent the people. This isn't like a, a dictatorship or, you know, you believe it's a, a, another branch of government, the corrections or whatever, or or um, the federal prison. So, you you know, what I saw is they're trying to impose their will. Again, it's an arbitrary thing, and that's not what the government's supposed to One, it's equal justice under the law, not I don't like you. I'm going to use my feelings and base that on how I'm going to judge you and how I'm going to treat you. And that means anyone. And, and that's what I saw. And just not letting them in the prison to see things, that's horrendous. That should not be happening, not in this country. Maybe in the Soviet Union this was allowed, but not in the, not in the United States. Well, yeah, obviously in the Soviet Union, you know, if you were in the government, there was nobody in the government that represented the people. I mean, you know, but, you know, you, you, I'm glad you raised that incident because that to me was – even though it wasn't a big event in terms of like the news coverage, it was really a break point in the sense that it was not just a matter of they were denying them access. They were these were Congress people. They were treating them with contempt. And literally this big fat guard walked them outside till they were outside the door and said, oh, we let's discuss this outside. She turns around, goes in and locks the door behind her. Like some, like they were let out there, tricked into going outside. I mean, this is disgusting. Like these people, I'm going to tell you what, in years past when, when uh, Congress was held in higher esteem and certainly had way more power because it wasn't just like a complete Democrat crime syndicate uh, franchise, they, I mean, people would quake in their boots in the bureaucracy if they pissed off a powerful chairman of a committee or any congressman because they could really, really put the hurt on them in terms of their funding. I mean, they could have people's heads, heads would roll literally. Now it's like they're so protected in if as long as they're on board with that agenda, with the Democrat crime syndicates persecution that they can get away with with doing that to Congress people, treating them as though they're some sort of children or something or or I don't even worse. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, that was just have you I'm, have you ever seen anything like that in New York City ever? Have you ever seen any New York City uh, any at any level person who has any authority, whether the mayor's office, the police commissioner ever treated like that in, in any New York City uh, penal institution or jail? 
The only the only thing I could remember is I've been to Rikers Island. I had to take a, a prisoners there, and and that jail itself that's not a place I would want to even walking in certain parts of that jail. It like there's a certain stench to it. I mean I don't know if it's yeah. like I said. You can you you have to remember these are still human beings whether whether you like them or not or whatever you feel about them. Like I said, they're still a prisoner and they still have rights. And I don't think anybody would want their own family member, if they were accused of a crime, whether they did or not, to be in a situation like this. And the way yeah. they treat people, like I said, is very arbitrary. I'm not for that. That's un-American. It goes against everything we stand for. And, and, you know, not letting Congress come in and, you know, locking the door. Tyler, I think we've seen that in, like, what, mafia movies, I guess? That's what you yeah. would see. This It's thug-like behavior. And it just seems to be that it's one party in particular that either idolizes or practices these these standards now where they're, they're operating like an organized crime syndicate and you know you want to lock the door on a congressman or whatever just, just know that there should be repercussions and they should look into how they're funding this jail and someone should really open up an investigation on the conditions of the prison much like Rikers Island that's how they had the federal monitor maybe they need a federal monitor in these jails it's, yeah. it's well, I mean, I'll tell you what, I was in the Virginia Army National Guard and uh, in the infantry there in the first of the 170th out of Leesburg uh, for a brief spell. And I mean, I literally felt like the conditions were so they were such mis there was such mistreatment of American citizens at a level of like almost like military uh, being put in sort of a, a literal gulag of like a, as a prisoner of war or worse. I mean, actually prisoners of war probably treated better that I said, I, I kind of like jokingly said, you know, if I was, a, if I was a commander in the, uh, the Virginia infantry, I would take my, I would get, you know, get my guys together and just literally go and storm that jail and say, we're liberating these people until we have a, an accounting for what's going on here. Cause no American citizen has to stand for that. And there's no explanation and certainly no justification for what has been done to these people. I mean, this is just aside from the absolute screwing over and the, the, the miscarriage and uh, worse than a miscarriage of justice an infliction of injustice on these people in these courts. You mentioned all the different things. Well, it's, it's because every prosecutor has their own sort of way of they, that they want to, you know, stick it to these people and, and make their point and same with the justice. Judges. And when you have that much of a, a and it's a great point you brought up, when you have that much of inconsistency and a patchwork of outcomes for similarly situated people, you have a system that is absolutely flawed to the core and is arbitrary and capricious to the point of, of where injustice is, is, you can't avoid injustice because nobody's getting the same equal measure. And as you mentioned, equal protection of the law. And that is a real, I mean, that is a fundamental problem that has to be dealt with. So we're going to take a quick commercial break here, Sal. And on the other side of this, it comes down to your how you've been treated by the New York City police and by the you know the city of New York. You've brought a lawsuit, and, and to the extent you can talk about it, I would love to get an update on it uh, and find out how much you're eventually going to because because I, I, from what I've seen, brother, you're you're going to prevail big time. So stick with us on the Tyler Nixon Show. My guest, Sal Greco. We'll be right back after this. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. George Ford Smith of the Mises Institute has written a thoughtful and thought-provoking article entitled, Who Hijacked Our Free Will? And the answer, of course, is no one. Hijackings are violent actions. We haven't had a violent action against our free will. No, what we've had is incrementalism, incremental encroachments on 
our civil rights, our civil liberties, our very way of life. And every single time we take the easy path, we let the experts handle it, we let the government handle it, we just don't want to rock the boat. We've ceded a little bit more of our liberty and our free will. John Adams said that our Constitution is holy for a religious and God-fearing people and is wholly unsuited to any other. We need to become more active, more engaged, and more educated. We need to start digging into our candidates and finding out to whom do they answer. If you've got a candidate that's being funded by the Koch brothers, you might want to look for another candidate in the Republican primary. Do your diligence, do your work, do your duty as a citizen. Exercise your free will before it's all gone. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. I want to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I need to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. Why can't I eat? Support the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks to help provide meals to those in need. Join us at feedingamerica.org. The conversation continues with Tyler Nixon on today's News Talk TNT. Independent voices and free minds here on today's News Talk. You're always going to get the hardest hitting uh opinions and commentary great guests compelling guests like my guest today sal greco uh after the show after this show uh, uh the tyler nixon show you can uh, catch state of the nation with my good friends brian hesher mclean and steve hook uh the flagship i call it of the uh today's news talk network and i absolutely urge you to watch that they have great guests great conversation uh great information it's not it's not all just political commentary they'll have uh uh, guests on who will discuss uh, very useful information for today's world, uh, and and they're good friends and and really great hosts, and uh, we're we're thrilled to have them, and it's, and I'm honored to be part of uh, uh, in the same crew and the same families they are here on uh, TNT. So getting back into my conversation with Sal Greco, uh, as always, uh, Sal broke the news to me, so we might as well break it here because this really is breaking news. But uh, Bob Menendez, the the corrupt. Uh, gold bar secreting senator from uh, New Jersey, who uh, I'm trying to think of who preceded him, who would have held that seat. Uh, but um, he has apparently uh, been he has co-defendants in the uh, corruption charges brought against him. His one of his co-defendants, I guess, a, a, a crony a connected, someone connected to him, has pleaded guilty in federal court to, I believe, tax evasion, amongst other things, and moreover, is cooperating with authorities. So I think this might well spell the end of Mr. Menendez's career finally. And uh, Sal, I want you to weigh in because you made you noted that uh, Bob Menendez had uh, had some choice words about our our good friend and uh, ally and colleague Roger Stone. That's right. And that's why I'm going to read this off from the Daily News, because uh, I just love Bob Menendez. Such a great guy. A New Jersey <laughs> businessman charged alongside Senator Bob Menendez in a sweeping Manhattan bribery case cop to a litany of charges Friday and is cooperating against the embattled poll. Jose Uribe pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit bribery, honest services wire fraud, 
obstruction of justice, tax evasion, and related conspiracy counts at an unannounced proceeding in Manhattan federal court, admitting that he paid thousands towards a sports car from Menendez's wife and co-defendant Nadine Arcelanian. Uribe is cooperating against the senator who's headed to trial in May, according to a copy of his plea agreement obtained by the Daily News. So, uh, Tyler, remember, Bob Menendez was the one saying that is our friend that committed wire fraud and Russian collusion, all this nonsense that was not true, as we know by a Mueller report. And now Bob Menendez's co-defendants are cooperating against him. Well, Bob Menendez looks like he's headed down the path to Rikers Island, maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh, probably, even, I would think, what's the, what is it, Rawway Prison in Jersey? Oof, yikes. But I know, actually, he'd be, he'd be in a federal prison. Uh, I, I just I can't believe that this guy was exonerated the first time. I mean, I was talking in the uh, monologue about, you know, how D.C. juries, uh, are, you know, if you're a Democrat, you can walk, Scott, walk away scot-free as a guilty person. And if you're a Republican, you can be innocent as, uh, as you know, a baby lamb and you're going you're going down. So um, what do you think is going to happen to Senator Menendez? Will he see some uh, will he be behind bars when it's all said and done or is he going to get the uh, the white glove treatment? Uh, no, Tyler, I think I think he's he's for sure. This one is either he's going to have to resign from his seat because I think he's going to hold it as long as he can for some <laughs> kind of, you know, at least some kind of bargaining chip. But yeah. if he thinks he's going to stay as that's as a senator, he's getting perp walk, which I would love to see him getting perp walk out of the courthouse for a guy who spewed so much garbage about our friend that was put through hell in a complete political witch hunt, the most like, we're gonna remember this 100 years from now, they'll be talking about Roger's case. This guy spewing his nonsense while he was under investigation the first time. Cory Booker got him out of that first problem. Another senator, the other senator from New Jersey, another corrupt guy. And Spartacus. Bob and Spartacus. This time, <laughs> Spartacus won't be able to save him. No one's gonna be able to save Bob Menendez because this is corrupt. And this is what I believe the Southern District of New York is finally starting to go down, trying to do the right thing and actually go after these corrupt politicians. Because Damian Williams is not a political partisan. He's not a hack. I understand he worked for John Kerry for a short amount of time, but he left and he wanted nothing to do with any particular party. He just happened to be appointed there by Biden. But this guy has played a straight line. You can see what he's doing with Eric Adams right now as the mayor of New York. I mean, he's He's right on target. And this one, I can't wait to see how this bomb and end this case ends, because really, we all have a vested interest seeing a, a big mouth like him that was all over CNN talking all that smack about Roger when he didn't do anything wrong. And yet he's the criminal, not once, but twice. Yeah, well, they all are, frankly. They're all the criminals. I mean, uh, you look at the, the Eric Swalwell sleeping with a Chinese communist, you know, a spy right in the right in the bosom there. And talking about Roger, I mean, it's just these people, hypocrisy isn't even, a, there's no strong enough word. I think we'd have to invent new words to, to cover what what degenerate, just completely amoral psychos these people are. And and I mean, hypocrisy, forget it. They, they just, I mean, they ooze. Uh, I mean, again, it's tr so true. They accuse you of their crimes. And, and, and this is really a tactic. I mean, they anticipate okay well we're you know we're we know we're doing this and we know what we're we're getting into and it, they think that it inoculates them from scrutiny or it enables them to say you were doing you're just accusing us because you're doing it right you know <laughs> well it's like 
I mean, it's really it's it's a it's a demonic level of manipulation and gaslighting that, um, you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned, though, that there is uh, hope for maybe having a straightforward prosecutor, although, I mean, yeah, gosh, I mean, after like some of the likes of Andrew Weissman or Aaron Zelinsky or Jonathan Kravis, I mean, these people, I mean, they really have shattered my any sense that I ever had that the that at least if you held a position of such grave consequence for people's lives and the ability to destroy their lives that you know that people would rise to the occasion or at least be sort of held back just by the sheer gravity of it but no 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 these the these political mercenaries they they hone right in uh and i mean roger's case you're right they will they should be talking about it in the history because it was such a travesty of justice such a fabricated bunch of nonsense and such a bare naked partisan uh retribution campaign i mean it was like Mueller was closing the door on his entire investigation after two years of wasted time and they indict roger it's like an f you on the way out the door that he's now saddled these four these four pygmies out of uh yale or whatever they were all yale um and if you want to you want to hear a dressing down of them, Roger and I co-wrote a piece uh, for the Daily Caller on that uh, prosecution team. Uh, I think we got it wrong in terms of well, how we were holding out hope that Bill Barr was going to be some sort of decent, fair minded player. Of course, you know, that was that was the fool's errand to even think that or fool's. Uh, you know, we were fooled. But the rest of it, though, is a scathing takedown of these guys and their connections to the Obama White House, to the Clintons, to the Clinton, uh, you know, when she was secretary of state, to uh, the murky, the genie Rees of the world. You know, on one hand, they're literally defending Hillary Clinton against Benghazi uh, victim lawsuits. And she's then questioning me, you know, six months later as a so-called special prosecutor, you know, assistant special prosecutor. I'm like, what? It's just unbelievable, the revolving door. But if you're telling me there's someone who's a straight shooter, I mean, I'm, I'm all ears, but I, I do want to do want to not let the show get away from us before we you give us an update on what's going on with your, uh, your epic lawsuit against the uh, city of New York. And if you want to give us the one minute rundown, if you can talk about it, if not, we can move on to something yeah. else. So obviously, uh, you know, I was a 14-year veteran in NYPD. I don't have anything nefarious on my record. They got irked that I was, what, a friend of Roger Stone's. They accused me of being his uncompensated security, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. Uh, we went through a, a, a witch hunt. 19 months they were after me. They looked at my records illegally, violating court orders. They wrote that I was on narcotics. Then they re then they, re they rejected that, said, no, I was never on my narcotics, but they still got my records. They ultimately found me guilty of being wrongfully and knowingly wrongfully or knowingly associating with someone who's likely or reasonably believed to have engaged in criminal activity i.e roger stone uh and they terminated me uh i then uh sued them in a court in august and a few months later they invited cardi b to the police academy which she's a criminal we all know that she's a convicted criminal so they violate their own rules right there uh they tried to put a motion to dismiss uh that what that got rejected and then I found out about this nightclub in the Bronx, Consofrito, which is owned by the police commissioner of the New York City Police Department's brother. And uh, there's also a nefarious <laughs> character that calls himself the owner. Well, he's actually not the owner. He's the creator and manager of the place, Consofrito. And his guy's name is Jimmy Rodriguez. You can look him up. He's a known, he's a self-admitted criminal. He's numerous articles about that. And he owned another place in the past called Jimmy's Bronx, Jimmy's Cafe in the Bronx, which is known for shootings, drugs, you name it. It's all over the internet. And he's also a mob associate. So how can you associate with this guy? And then, and the brother of Richie Caban, who's 
the place, Tyler, this place never had a CFO in their party room. So there's no certificate of occupancy. It was deemed a public safety hazard the day they got the liquor license. Then the fire department hit them with 20 violations. It's a fire trap, much like yeah, Happy yeah. Life in the day, back in the day in the Bronx. No one should step foot there. Yet, you know who goes there, Tyler? Everyone in the Democratic Party. Letitia James is always there. Darcel no. Clark. And I remember, James is the attorney general of the state. Darcel Clark is the district attorney of the Bronx. Eddie Caban's always there. Eric Adams is always there. All these high-ranking NYPD guys, Commissioner, Deputy Commissioner uh, Wendy Garcia, Deputy Commissioner Mark Stewart, uh, Kaz Daudry, another Deputy Commissioner, Chief of Department Jeffrey Madry, the list could go on and on and on. And all the politicians, Ralph Salamanca, City Councilman, uh, another City Councilwoman, uh, Friaz. Uh, we have a, a Senator, State Senator, Carl Hasty, who's known for these straw donor schemes he's been running for years that all... You know, it's all hush hush. That's all alleged, but he's they've written about it numerous times. And he's there, and Letitia James is there. So now you're hearing Tyler about the Letitia James, you know, her straw donors. Like there's all these uh, oh, yeah, things. Yeah. And we have you Eric know, Adams about uh, that too. So I, I, think, I think it's is there Ravenite Club, Tyler? That's where they all hang out. So we're at that stage. I'm 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 getting uh discovery right now from the police department. That's the stage we're at. And then it would be, be on to depositions unless Eric Adams himself gets indicted. I mean, I don't know if this guy's going to he would be a witness in my case. I don't know if he makes it, to be honest, everything you're reading in the last 24 hours. And, he, you know, everyone around them is under investigation, it seems, by the FBI and getting raided. You got to you got to marvel at what level of a sense of entitlement and uh, megalomania it takes for people who, who are engaging in criminal and shady activities to go after someone like you is just a straightforward, honest cop who did doing his job. I mean, like you're, you're like the Serpico of, of our time. I mean, frankly, and you know, I'm not saying that lightly, but it's, it's almost as though if, if they're going, whoever they go after, they're, they're the actual honest ones that they're going after. Cause, because they're all so corrupt. How could it not be? It's someone who's going to upset their little apple cart. And I just love, I mean, Donald Trump, how, how all it's all bouncing back on them and exposing what criminals they are. It's like, yes, by all means, keep going. Show us what you're really about. And it's just, it's, it's delicious. Um, we got about a minute left, Sal, uh, or so. Um, what do you think is going to happen in November? Do you think, uh, you think we're going to just, um, they're going to, they're going to decide they need to, to regroup uh, on, on the crazy fascist left, or are we just going to have an all out war? Uh, I think that it's going to be very close fight as far as the election. I, I think our guy's going to pull it through. I think Trump will win, but it's not going to be easy. He's got a campaign. He's going to be facing these trials. They're going to be screaming bloody murder on the television. Everybody still needs to stay calm out there. Be vigilant. Be out there. Hold your politicians accountable. But don't do anything crazy. It's not. That's not the time. We can still win this. We can still turn it around. You just have to still believe that enough people come out and vote for Trump. Well said. Sal, Sal where, can, uh, where can our uh, our viewers catch up with you? Where can they find you? Certainly. So it's at the Sal Greco on Instagram and on X at head of the table on Truth Social and go to my website, salgreco.com to see the latest of what I'm up to. At the, the Sal Greco on, on X Twitter. Sal, it's always been a good, fun conversation, my friend. I look forward to seeing you again in person sometime soon. Stay warm, stay safe, uh, and we'll catch you again next round, right? That's right, brother. Can't wait to see you again, Tyler. Roger, Roger says his regards, by the way. 
Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. This has been the Tyler Nixon Show for March 1st, 2024 here on today's News Talk. Stay tuned for State of the Nation coming up with Steve Hook and Brian Hesher-McLean.